All right, shout out Jesus if you love him. Say Jesus. All right. Okay, anybody here from Texas? Wow, Texas represent. How about anybody here from Michigan? Down front? All right, anybody here from Kansas? All right. All right, uh, New Mexico? A little bit. Wyoming? Okay, a few of you. There you go. Nebraska? Long shot? Oh, there you go. How about Colorado? All right, good. Well, welcome to Desperation. We are so glad that you are here. Excited to see what God's going to do tonight, tomorrow, and the next day. Thanks for being here. Um, Boy, wasn't that a good song? I love that. I don't want to ruin it for you, but I want to tell you, uh, my, my three-year-old daughter sings it a little bit differently. Uh, we sing that song at our house. We really like that song. And the other day, her and Dawson were talking, and apparently my, my four-year-old son started to annoy my three-year-old daughter just a little bit because she looked at him and said, I don't want to talk about it because you're not in the room. And so, anyway, I hope that didn't ruin it for you, but uh, we're, we're praying for her. She actually thanks God for her sins in her prayers. And so anyway, you can pray for my three-year-old daughter. My four-year-old son, actually, uh, this, yesterday morning, he, um, he, they saw the, the, air, the uh, Little Mermaid movie, and he said, yeah, and he said, uh, yesterday, he said, hey, dad, you kind of look like King Triton. And I said, well, thank you, son. And he said, but you look a little bit more like Ariel's sister. And so my, uh, my pride is hurt. Turn with me in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I just want to read this for you. Here's Paul. Paul is in a Roman prison. And he makes this statement here that I want to talk about tonight. He's already been declaring the gospel and helped lead revivals and He's already met Jesus in a powerful way. In Philippians chapter 1, let me just start here in verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart And be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you. For your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your, here it is, joy in Christ Jesus. Will overflow on account of me. He says, so that your joy in a person, your joy in Jesus, your joy, I'm going to stay so that your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow. In John chapter 15, Jesus is about to embrace the cross. He's not far from it. And he's talking to his disciples. And in verse 11, he makes a stunning statement. He says, I have told you these things. And he's talking specifically about uh, how the father has loved him and how much he loves them. And then he tells them to be obedient. And he says in verse 11, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you. 
He says, my joy, I want, I want to find joy in you. You, Peter, you, James, you, Matthew, Thomas, look at me. He says, I want to find joy. I'm going to find joy in you. And then he flips it around and he says, and that your joy may be complete. He says, I want you to have complete joy. Father, tonight we ask that you would help us to be authentic disciples in the 21st century. God, we want the word of God alive and active inside of each one of us. God, we so desperately want to find our life, our purpose in you. We ask that tonight you would transform us, Jesus. Would you change us? Amen. World, your world, my world, is searching for happiness in a pretty crazy way. You and I know we see it every day. You see it in your high school or your college or your junior high. But there's a desperate pursuit among people. They're desperate actually for happiness. They're desperate to experience something. Something that causes the heart to come alive on the inside. And there's an incredible pursuit of it. And it doesn't end. It doesn't end when you're 17. It doesn't end when you're 25. As I've gotten older and older and older, I've watched people at different ages. This quest. To find joy or to find happiness continues. And our culture is trying to feed it. Our culture is trying with great strength to help feed that. I mean, you can walk into a Barnes and Noble. You can go over to this magazine rack. And right there, you can find just about everything in the whole world that's trying to say, Here, pursue this pleasure and you'll find happiness. Here, drive this car. There's car magazines at the same station, right in the same area here. Wear are these clothes here? Drive this car here. Drive this motorcycle here. Vacation. Don't vacation. Have a home. Live in the city. Live in the country. Wear these clothes. Wear no clothes. I mean, there's it's all it's all through it. And you see people that go there. You see people, and I'm using the magazine rack as an example, but it could be the internet, it could be anything. There's, there's this, this kind of this gnawing hunger that says, feed me. I, I, I want to be happy. It's interesting, even when you look at, even when you look at the Declaration of Independence, our nation, life, liberty, and it's interesting, the pursuit of happiness. I don't know if you saw the movie with Will Smith in it, but his character this year in the Pursuit of Happiness movie, Will Smith says, it was right then that I started thinking about Thomas Jefferson on the Declaration of Independence and the part about our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I remember thinking, how did he know to put the pursuit part in there? That, may, that, that, that maybe happiness is something we can only pursue and maybe we can actually never have it. I know just hanging out and kind of doing life. I've got buds from high school and junior high and college. Watched many of them pursue different things. And if anybody's got an answer as to what happiness is, if anybody's got an answer as to what joy looks like, it sure would be good to know because it seems to be the thing that everybody's pursuing. It seems to be the gnawing ache within the heart or the gut of so many. Please, somebody, somewhere, 
Give me something, something. I mean, can you imagine waking up in the morning and your heart being alive on the inside where you have a reason and a purpose and a mission in life? If, if something was, if there was something bigger that day than just who talked to you or what you're going to eat for lunch. I mean, that's really bad when that's the highlight of your day. What are you looking forward to? I mean, all of us know that. We know what it is to get up in the morning, the alarm clock, the rigmarole, the normal day. And imagine if someone were to come along and say, I know where joy is. Imagine if someone shows up on the scene of history and says, I can tell you where joy comes from. Imagine someone arriving and saying, I know, I know where joy's at. I can tell you. Oh, your ear would be so attentive. I got, I got so into this. I went and looked up what the word joy means in the Greek. You know what it means? It means joy. I'm just learning the Greek thing. It means joy. And so what Jesus says, you can have joy. Jesus, the God of the ages, the joy to the world song guy. Yeah, joy to the world is more than a Christmas carol. The story is Jesus shows up, there's joy. And he says, I can tell you how to find joy. I can tell you where it's at. And Jesus, right through this, this conversation with the disciples, he's hitting on it over and over again. In John 15, 11, he says, he says, I want you to have joy. Uh, he says, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. John 16, 20 says, I tell you the truth, look at it with guys. I mean, real people, not, I mean, I want you to imagine a real conversation. He's looking at them and he's talking about joy. He says, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while in the world, while the world rejoices, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to Joy. I'm going to leave. But when I send the Holy Spirit, you're going to have joy. John 16, 22 says, so with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And here it is. No one will take away your joy. No one. In fact, there is a level of joy that no human being can rob you, rob it from, take it from you. You can't be robbed of it. He's saying, hey guys, this is big. This is what the human heart is looking for and longing for and searching for. Some people pursue it and you got to have the right relationship. Maybe you're here tonight. You're thinking it's going to come with money and power. Maybe, maybe if you're rich and famous one day, maybe if you have a boat one day, maybe if you're, if you're famous and everybody likes you on the internet, maybe if you have 10 Google friends on Facebook, maybe then. Somehow, maybe if you wear the right clothes, but you know it because it touches your heart because you know the quest for joy. I know it. it. says in John 16, 24, until now you have not asked for anything in my name, ask and you will receive and, and your joy will be complete. You can have complete joy. You can have the fullness of joy. It's available. And then Jesus goes on, and this is called the high priestly prayer. It's the longest prayer recorded. And Jesus actually prays to the Father. Jesus, God praying to God. He says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. Here, why? So that, so they may, may have the full measure of my joy. Say my joy. They, he's praying for you. Imagine, Jesus knows he's about to go to the cross. Jesus knows this is the end of his life. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. And in those hours, he could go do anything and he decides to pray for you. 
My joy. The measure of my joy within, within them. If Jesus prays it, if Jesus prays that there would be a remnant of people with joy, friends, it's going to happen. There's going to be people that walk in this kind of joy. It's not ethereal, dreamy, something to, you know, put on a t-shirt. It's available to me. It's available to you. This is good news for us. I, I just want you to imagine. I just want you to imagine these people that run into Jesus as Jesus is on the earth. Imagine John the Apostle. His father is a business owner. Maybe like some of your dads. He's a Zebedee. He's a fisherman. So I imagine you're John. Your dad's a businessman. Your mom is a pretty opinionated lady. She's a little Jewish lady that comes and later on she comes to Jesus and asks if her sons can sit with him. on his on, if, his son, if her sons can sit on Jesus' left and his right. You know, pretty, pretty strong-willed mom. If you have a strong-willed mom, you know what I'm talking about. So he's got, you know, the dad who's the business owner, the kind of strong personality mom. He's a fisherman. It's not a, not a glorious job, not a bad job either, though. He's probably living pretty normal life. Probably a pretty decent, good life. And this young rabbi from Galilee shows up and says, come, follow me. If you follow me, If you follow me, I I know the way that you can have complete joy. I don't know about you, but can you imagine just having a normal life, kind of being your average guy, almost your average Joe, and Jesus shows up and invites you, and you enter this journey with Jesus. He preaches the Sermon on the Mount. He raises the dead. He looks at the hungry. He feeds them. Father speaks audibly at his baptism and says, this is the one who I love. This is the one I find great delight in. I find great joy in. And Jesus says, you know what, guys? I find great joy in my father. I want to find great joy in you. Your joy can be complete. If you're John, you're just, you've got kind of this, this normal life and all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he absolutely turns an average life, a normal life, a fisherman's life, a guy's dad's a business owner, a mom who's strong-willed, just kind of a good guy. And all of a sudden, by virtue of saying yes to Jesus, 100%, I'll leave everything and go with you. I'll leave all to follow. John, his life gets radically turned upside down and he finds joy, fulfillment, gladness. In 1 John 1, he's writing about Jesus and listen to what he says as he tells the story. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. He says, what I have heard, I've, I've heard it with my own ears. Says this, this isn't like just secondhand information. I, I, I've heard with my own ears, which we have seen with our own eyes. John goes, I saw him. This man, I saw, I heard him with my ears. I saw him with my eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Not only that, I mean, I've touched him. I've seen him. I've heard him. 
This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified, and we proclaim it to you, eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with him. I want you to, I want you to know the joy that I've tasted. Here it is. And our fellowship is with the Father and, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Kind of an average guy finds his joy in Jesus. All of a sudden, following Jesus turns into excitement. Oh, it's good days and bad days. Definitely thrilling days. Days where it seems like it couldn't be more exciting. And definitely days where it seems hard. Where he's on the island of Patmos, but there's joy. There's mission. There's purpose, there's life, there's love. Another story that kind of captures me when I think about joy is, I always imagine this story in John chapter 8, where the Pharisees come and they throw this woman down and she'd been caught in the act of adultery. Right there in that moment, She's embarrassed. She's ashamed. Undoubtedly, she's fearful. I mean, we are familiar with the story, and so we don't think much of it, but realistically, they have rocks, and they're about to throw rocks at her. So enter into the story for just a minute, and imagine the shame and the embarrassment and even the threat of death in just a moment. And not just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, she's going to die. But imagine rocks thrown at you. You've been caught in the act of adultery. You're embarrassed. You're being humiliated. These guys are literally telling everyone, taking her into the middle of the street. That the shame of the past, the humility and the, the pain of the present, fear of the future. They throw her down. Imagine when Jesus says, where are, you, where are those that condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. Go. Go and sin no more. Can you imagine in the heart of that lady her joy in a person? It's not in her attainment. It's certainly not in her past. It's in this one man who is perfect, that forgave me, that redeemed me, that dignified me. And I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know where you've come from. Some of you have come from a scenario where you are living a pretty average life. It feels ho-hum. You're just on the normal walk through life. You feel like your life is dull and is boring. You feel like you're just kind of the average kid. Some of you, you couldn't feel, you couldn't feel more distinct and more painful. You've got all kinds of hurt. You showed up here tonight, but if we were to be honest, you feel so ashamed. You're consumed in lust, be it with girlfriends or boyfriends or pornography. Some of you, you showed up here tonight and you're so broken. Your, your house is a wreck. Your family is fighting. 
Some of you, you've shown up here tonight. And if you were to be honest, this is where you're at. You're in in great need of someone to show up and lift your face and grant you dignity and life and mission and hope and delight. Because your life is shattered. And all of us are sitting in the room tonight and all of us have different stories, but all of us find ultimately, if we're going to find joy, it's not going to be, it's not going to come in all the pursuits of our hobbies. It's not going to come in all the pursuits of all the little secret shadow mission desires that we have. It's going to come from a man. His name's Jesus. And he's the only joy that we have. Jesus, when I say that, I'm not saying that Jesus comes and he is the means by which you get those desires. I'm not saying that Jesus comes and he's going to make you rich, that Jesus will make you famous, or that Jesus will, you know, do all these. No. Jesus is not a means to an end. Jesus is the means and Jesus is the end. Your fulfillment will come in him. And that's going to look like some great days. That's going to look like some difficult days. We just take the model of the disciples and the model of church history. It'll be good days. It'll be hard days. It'll be days that are filled with so much delight. Days that are hard. I know the temptation to define your life based upon the temporal joys of the world. So do you. You know what it's like? Because here's what it looks like. You get up in the morning. You look good. You look in the mirror. And you look good. You like it. Or maybe you don't. And, and I would say that if we go in the world's way of thinking, it's kind of like, like your heart is just like this big balloon. You know? You look, at, you look in the mirror. Give yourself the wink. What's up? And you're like, man, my hair's working today. Sticking up. Sweet. You go, get in your car. You got a great car, man. I mean, it's awesome. And so all of a sudden, it's just like, it's like your heart swells a little bit. Maybe you've got a different story. Let's go, let's go those of you with the junkers like I had in high school. It's like, bad car. <laughs> Deflated a little bit. You get to your high school, walk in, made an A on the test. Walk through the hallway. That girl that just seemed to always make a way to walk at the, in the hallway where her class is. She gives you the, the smile and the nod. You know, it's like time slows down and her hair is floating in the wind even though it's in a hallway. It's like the light is shining on her in the moonlight even though it's in a hallway. She gives you the, she gives you, and you're like, (laughs) go a little bit further. Let's just say, you know, the friend says that horrible thing. It's just, and it's just like a fiery dart of the enemy. You know, it's just this fiery dart and just, it hits your heart and it's gone. Your emotions are like a balloon. They go up and they go down. You live your life. Do you look good? Do you not look good? Do you have a bright future with your 
college you did until you took the ACT and now you're facing reality or your life just goes up and down based upon outward circumstance. Whereas what I'm talking about is when, you're, when, when, when your joy is in Christ Jesus, like Philippians 1 says, Paul, my joy, joy in Christ Jesus. You should walk through the same day. Got a moment where you look in the mirror. You look good? Doesn't move. You look bad? Doesn't move. Got, some days you got a good car, sometimes you have a bad car. Some days you got people winking at you, some days you don't. Go through the same thing, same process, but it's like a rock. It's just this rock. It's, it's, it's not a balloon that goes up and down, it's joy like a rock. It's just, it's just there, it's just steady. And the fiery darts of the enemy come. The lies, the fear. And instead of crushing you and popping like a balloon, they just bounce right off. If I could give any analogy, it's this. Jesus has your joy, it's joy like a rock. It doesn't, it doesn't change based upon outward circumstance. And they can look at you and they can say, hey, I love, I love what they do with Paul. Look at this. Look at Paul's story. All right. Here's Saul. He's on his way. He's a guy that persecutes Christians. I mean, literally, Stephen is dying in front of him. And Paul just saw it. He saw before he's Paul. He just watches it happen. Saul's a bad guy. Has this moment. Acts chapter nine. Jesus appears to him. Acts 9 says that Jesus actually appears brighter than the sun. That's bright. Saul falls off his donkey. Jesus appears to him. He goes, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. He goes, you're bright. He goes, no doubt. Real bright. Thank you. Think I'm going blind. Jesus is like, yeah, you are. (laughs) Jesus turns this guy's life around Saul and Saul goes from literally destroying Christians the other route to where he's trying to take the gospel to the Gentile world and build the kingdom of God and Paul is constantly constantly talking about joy when Paul and you know the story Paul's a guy he's got moments where he's in prison he's got moments where he's shipwrecked he's got moments where they're calling him wonderful and awesome I mean he's got great days and he's got hard days so but Paul is consumed with this idea of joy let me just throw some verses out at you Romans 15:12 says this is Paul talking so that by, by God's will I may come to you with joy I want to come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed now Romans 16:9 Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 2, 3. I I wrote as I did so that when I came, I should not be distressed by those who ought to make me rejoice. I had confidence in all of you that you would would all share my joy. Happy guy. 2 Corinthians 7, look at this, verse 4. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. Hold on a minute. Paul, what are you talking about? I thought joy was just a good day. I thought joy was when everything was going your way. No, 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 no. He goes, in troubles, he goes, I've got joy. 2 Corinthians 7, 7. 
It says, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you have given him. He told us about your longing for me and deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was was greater than ever. Philippians 1, in all my prayers for all of you, I, I I always pray. You get the picture? I pray with joy. So here's Paul. He says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ. This is a guy that's found a whole lot of joy in a man. This is a guy who's finding a whole lot of joy in Christ Jesus. And it's just not talk. It's not just theory. It's just for me to live as Christ and just look at his life. They come to him and say, hey, we're going to throw you in prison. He's like, cool, man. Sweet. Hey, can you lock me up in the chains next to this one prisoner or this uh, one jailer? Because I almost got that guy saved last time. And I really like that prison because I almost I'm that close. What? No, we're not going to chain you to that guy. We're going we're gonna to put you in the middle of the prison. Solitary confinement with Silas. Sweet, we'll sing songs. The whole thing's going to fall. <laughs> well, we'll let you go then. Sweet. I'll preach the gospel. I've been wanting to go to Rome. I've been trying to get there. What? Why can't anybody take this guy's joy? You just can't take it. Fine. We'll kill you. Dude, lop it off right there, man, right there. To live is Christ, to die is God. This thing's been bugging me anyway. Let it go, man. (laughs) To live is Christ. Die is gain. I found my joy. Jesus. Jesus is my joy. My joy comes from Christ. Jesus. And so instead of having to be like the world that, that goes out and this longing for joy, this longing for happiness, I go out and I try to suck joy out of the world, you know? I go out and I try to find joy in something. I try to find it in a, in a food. I try to find it in a pleasure. I try to find it in a boat. I try to find it in a girlfriend. I try to find it in an education route. I try to find it in a career. I try to find it in all these things. That's the old way. The old way is I, I, I've got this desire. I'm going to try to suck joy out of the world. It's ashes. At the end of the day, 17-year-old. At the end of the day, 20-year-old. It's ashes. And those that have pursued it in their 70s and their 80s, you hang out with them and you just go, I mean, just, they just talk. They've tried to pursue joy in the world. And the world doesn't have Joy comes from a man. Joy comes from Jesus. And there's, there's someone. He showed up 2,000 years ago and he said, I can tell you. I can tell you how to have complete joy. It's in me. I am your joy. I find great delight in my father. And my father finds delight in me. And I find delight in you. And in the knowledge of that, you will find great joy in me. And not only that, but you will find joy in taking the good news of Jesus to the world. And when we talk about lighting up the world, sometimes it's like we imagine this little glow, you know. We're going to go light up the world. Oh, you know. 
Watch this. Sorry, it's the aerial thing. It's King Triton and stuff. You know, we think it's just... We're gonna, no, let me tell you this. I, I, you, will, you will light up the world based upon your action. But you will also light up the world when there's something alive in here that the world looks at you and goes, what is with you? Why, why, why does a Roman prison not cause fear in you? Why does the threat of death make you smile? Why, why when we set you free, don't you run and hide from us? Why do you keep going into the middle of cities and declaring the gospel? What's with you? And I'll tell you this. I'm all, I, I, we, want, we, want a, we want bright righteousness. I mean, we want righteousness that shines forth like the dawn. We want that. But I'll tell you this, in addition to that, if you can have this satisfaction in Jesus, this delight, and your joy is in Jesus, Paul's statement in Philippians 1, joy in Christ Jesus, not only will it change your world, it will change all the people around you. Please stand with me. Some of you that are here tonight, listen carefully. There's some of you that are here tonight. I'm going to make three different areas. And you feel like you're kind of like a fisherman. You kind of you got a you got a pretty good life. Come from a pretty good family, but you're bored. I mean, literally, you've got when you think about life, it's just kind of like, you're just walking, you know, the normal gig. Just going to do the normal deal. And tonight, something is sparked in here where you're going, I want more. I, I, I want what Paul had when nothing could stop him. Literally, there was a purpose, there was life, there's delight. I want to, and literally like this guy, John, who goes from this normal life, just kind of a fisherman, to all of a sudden, he's following Jesus, and Jesus is talking to him on the cross and saying, hey, John, here, you're going to take care of my mother, the one that gave birth to the Messiah. Here, you're going to do this. And hey, John, by the way, I want you to write some books, and it's going to go in the canon of Scripture. And hey, John, by the way, you're going to be persecuted. It's going to be hard. But hey, don't worry. I'm going to return. And John, you're going to anticipate my coming, and you're going to tell all kinds of people. You're going to record it, and it's going to be awesome, and your name's going to be written on the... 12 foundation stones of the eternal city and whoa, a fisherman goes, nice. I like it. Maybe tonight, you're at the end. You're broken. You come from a broken family. You're in a relationship that's ungodly. You have an addiction that nobody knows about. You're suicidal. Not all of these things. Just a couple of them. Or one. If you're all of those things, see me quickly. All right. But you're broken. I mean, tonight, and you, just from the first night, you don't don't have to wait until Saturday night, but from the very first night, you're just, I want, I want Jesus to be my joy. I'm sick of trying to find life and delight in sexuality. I'm sick of trying to find it in all these other pursuits, I just, I want to find Jesus as my joy tonight. 
I want Jesus to be my joy. I want Jesus to be my delight. That's you in just a minute. I want you to come right here. And if there's any of you that are here tonight and you're in rebellion, just kind of like Saul, he was out persecuting Christians. As far as you know, Jesus isn't mean anything to you. Tonight you say, I I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make him my king, my Lord. I want to find my satisfaction, my life in him. If that's you, then in just a moment, I want you to come right over here. We're going to pray with you. This is a deal where we're not going to have, you you can just come up here. I don't have a whole bunch of people that are going to come down and make you sign cards or something like that. You just, you just come and it's like no one's going to mess with you. All right? It's just you and Jesus tonight. It's just you and God. All right? So as I pray right now, I want you to come, come quickly and join me on your knees if that's you tonight. Ready, go. Be our joy. We're going to find complete joy in you, God. 